1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, Sherry McMillan returns to our show to talk about estate planning and how to preserve and keep safe all that you're working so hard to accomplish. In our second hour, Josh Crane, a CEO of Alteria Insurance, will be here to take your calls and questions about all matters dealing with insurance. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. The news of Instagram testing out the hiding of likes has sparked a lot of conversations both on and offline. At Facebook's annual conference on Tuesday, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, announced it is testing a new feature called Private Like Counts, which publicly hides the number of likes a photo or video has received, and only the owner of the content can see how many people liked that picture or video. No likes will be seen in social feeds. Now, for influencers who use Instagram to connect with thousands or millions of followers, likes are a really important aspect of their job, the number of double taps a photo receives helps them to determine how engaged followers are and also helps brands who often pay influencers to promote their products gauge how popular an account is. So surprising, perhaps, that the reaction has been the opposite of what you might expect. Many Canadian social media experts and influencers say they really like the idea because then folks and potential clients will focus on content rather than just the most popular, high number metrics. Still, many of them make big money from large followings and thousands of likes, so we'll see how much they like the idea a few months from now. Great news for the people of White Rock this week as the provincial government announced it will kick in a million bucks to help to restore the city's iconic landmark pier, which has been around since 1949 and, of course, which was badly damaged during a storm over the winter. The total tab for the restoration is expected to be just over $17 million, some of which is in is rather covered by insurance, but there's still a shortfall of over $2 million, which a local group called Friends of the Pier has pledged to raise. So watch for a beer for the pier, and other fun promotions all summer long. And as long as we're talking beer here, new numbers from StatsCan this week show B.C. drinkers actually drink less beer, but much better quality beer than drinkers in most other provinces. The latest stats show that in comparison to other provinces, beer sales accounted for the lowest market share of alcoholic beverages sold here. 34% of all booze revenues came from beer. None of By comparison, 61% of our beverage sales were beer. Breaking down the numbers, we see craft beer accounts for a quarter of all the beer sold in our province, far ahead of other provinces in this category. Some craft beer lovers might conclude that while British Columbians may be guzzling fewer brewskis than people in other parts of Canada, they're choosing higher quality beer. Overall, beer sales rose just under 1% across Canada last year. Wine sales were up 5.5%, liquor sales sales up almost 5%, and in that category, whiskey was tops, followed by vodka and rum. Our resident beer expert, producer Ben Dooley, says he agrees with the new numbers, but he and Andrew are willing to volunteer for more research to confirm Statistics Canada new findings. What a team. Those are some of the week's uh, top consumer stories. We'll look at lots more as the show goes forward, but coming right up, we make room for Sherry McMillan, CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, back with us to talk about finding ways to protect your hard-earned assets for now and especially in the future stay with us this is vancouver consumer and you're on cknw and welcome back to vancouver consumer this saturday afternoon i'm sterling fox and it is a pleasure to welcome back sherry mcmillan from mcmillan estate planning to our program hi sherry
0: Good afternoon. How are you?
1: I am very well, thank you. It's good to have you back with us. And I know you've got another Vancouver seminar coming up that we'll tell folks about in a few minutes. But let's talk as we here are here in... Er- Well, May, we've managed to survive another tax season, however, well, roughly it treated us. So let's talk about next year, because I got to tell you, I had to pay a little more tax, Sherry, than I had counted on this year. And so I'd like a few tips, as I'm sure many of our listeners would, on how not to repeat that. How can we better protect ourselves from a tax point of view for next year?
0: Well, the important part, of course, is that we have to be proactive, because... As we've all learned in April, um, if you're being reactive, you just have to contend with what has happened. That's right. So, alternatively, the other option is to not wait until next April to contemplate this again, but rather start planning now, and we still have a good back half of the year ahead of us, and so we can be very strategic in how we go about planning and mitigating tax. And specifically, um, Sterling, this has really impacted our business owners Mm -hmm. because- Of the passive income rules and all they were you know much more gentle than we had anticipated they're still punitive yes and so I'm having a lot of our business owners right now you know ask and debate how do I protect the growth that I've created in the business but not have it highly taxed at the high level of tax and one of the wonderful things that we have in Canada and we have to be proactive in order to use it is something called the maximum tax actuarial reserve And every family is entitled to tax shelter up to 25% of their entire state. I call it giant tax-free savings account. And so for those families that have family business with a whole bunch of trapped capital in there, this is the perfect solution to mitigate that new increase in taxes that they otherwise would be paying.
1: Right. And some of these, of course, are recent changes from Bill Morneau uh, in the most recent budget with respect to income splitting and some of the other practices that small business individuals right across Canada have engaged in quite legally for a very long time.
0: Yeah. And so because they have, you know, brought these new legislational uh, acts in and we are being impacted by them, we have to be um, cognizant of the fact that we can ultimately lit- mitigate a lot of that tax if we're proactive. And so, you know, I I always say this to families, but we've been doing this kind of tax work for two decades. So regardless of what the government brings out as new legislation, we're always a little bit ahead of the curve because we anticipate things. And so, you know, it's just a matter of regrouping and saying, am I using all the tools in Canada that I can to minimize this taxation in my estate? So I can tell you that there are a lot of wonderful opportunities if we're proactive. The problem is everybody figures out that they owe this tax once the tax year is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't go back in time. So I think, you know, if anybody gains any piece of information from our program today, it's that we have to be proactive and that you do have the privilege. No matter if you're a business owner or just a wealthy person, you can tax shelter up to 25% of your estate. And most families are not utilizing that at all.
1: I, know, I doubt, frankly, seriously, Sherry, that most families even know that that is a possibility. Would you agree?
0: I certainly do. I would suggest to you, if we have 100 new clients, maybe one is aware of this opportunity. Yeah, I believe that. So, you know, it's a, a brand new arena now that we've created Wealth in Canada. And so we don't have a lot of practice over the decades on how to manage wealth because we were really just creating it in the last few decades here. Sure. And all of a sudden we have it. And the baby boom is about to inherit a whole bunch more of it, obviously. And so we have to start to learn these new techniques that we have with the Income Tax Act, with trusts, with all these tools that we have in estate planning to plan your life better so that you keep more of your wealth in your genes and have better lifestyle and spending and protection because we're living so darn long, which is wonderful, but we don't want your state to run out either.
1: Well, that's true. And a lot of people, you know, it, it's interesting because in terms of the way people talk about down the road and how things are going to unfold and their their plans and expectations, I hear I, more often than not, you know, the, the the housing obsession, of course, is very strong in Metro Vancouver. It's over the top. And a lot of people are, are, have a house and, and, and that uh, the sort of base of opportunity operations is key. But, you know, I I hear more people, Sherry, talking about their fear of running out of money. They say something like, you know, I can always find a place to live. That's, you know, difficult in Vancouver, but it's doable. However, when you run out of money, you're out and there's no recourse. That's the big concern for a lot of people. I'm sure you hear that too.
0: We certainly do. And I think, You know, there is some merit to that concern because we are living longer. Yeah, Many of us are going to make it to age 100. And so you might have anticipated that your state has to create wealth for you, let's say, till age 80. But what if you do make it to 100? That's two more decades. That's a long time. And ultimately, you know, we all have our dignity and pride and not very many of us as parents wanna be reliant upon our children. I hear that constantly in our office. I want to be self-reliant. I
1: don't want to be a burden, right? That's right. Yeah. It's the
0: standard, you know, need of all of us, which is, you know, founded. So, one of the th- great things, though, is because we are living longer, often our health is better, and so we actually have more opportunity to work longer or work in an arena that we enjoy. So, I have a lot of uh, families that have family businesses, or even they're just a wealthy family. And they decide to take on projects and do this and that to earn a little bit of extra revenue for the fun of it. But it certainly doesn't hurt if they live and have extra longevity. So I think that's the first thing to consider. But the more important thing than that is how are you protecting that wealth, that nest egg that you've built so that you never lose it to outside risk? And And that
1: definitely does include the tax department, doesn't it? That's one of the many possibilities of of that disappearing.
0: Well, that's certainly the first one that will always come to all of our minds. And it's a very valid one and it's very important. Um, The second one is the markets themselves, because the markets are going to be volatile. If you live two or three decades in retirement, you can anticipate the stock market to crash a few times. I mean, that's a given. Mm -hmm. We know that is going to happen. So alternatively, rather than suffering and weathering that downturn like a traditional investment would, we always recommend families use trust to put a base and a protection on the capital because that's now your pension. You can't lose its base. You have to know it's going to be there if you do make it to 100. And so trust planning becomes actually exceptionally valid for families moving into retirement because they need that additional protection. The other one that's really interesting, Sterling, is the fact that we're snowbirding so much. Yes. And as a snowbird, you know, you're going down into the United States where they're very listigious. And so, you know, you could get into an accident or someone could fall on your property. I mean, all kinds of things could go wrong. And what if you were sued? Would they have access to your Canadian affairs in the state? And frankly, they would because there is a treaty. So, the way around that to make sure we're protecting the estate during retirement phases of life, we call it life planning, but basically we wrap a trust around you, like a little fence around your wealth, and it builds in protection from those outside risks, such as market corrections and creditors, and this is important because also we're finding that our business owners or our professionals are enjoying working on boards of directors or volunteering. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they want to be participating in these ways, but they don't want to take on the liability of doing so. So this is a way that they can play, but not, you know, risk what they've built over their course of life.
1: Interesting stuff, and a lot of these things. Uh, now back to the taxes, particularly. But again, as you, you talk about uh, the other risks that are, you're exposed to when you become an international citizen. But back to back to the, all of these options that you're describing to us, Sherry. And, and this is going to go on for a bit. That's why it's so much fun having you on the show. Because every time you come on, I learn something that you can do that. Yes, the government allowed. Yes, a lot of people. A lot of people, I think, are in the dark, Sherry, when it comes to the multiplicity of options the TAC department offers. It's not their job to educate us on all of those options. Their job is to have them available, and it's our job to find out, A, that they're there, and B, when and how to use them, right?
0: Certainly. There's, you know, they're not volunteers on our behalf. That's, That's certainly, for sure, Sterling. <laughs> um, you know, it it is our responsibility and our stewardship that helps minimize or eliminate estate tax, not just when we die. I mean, that's the obvious one. But more importantly, if you can be proactive and mitigate and minimize your tax on an annualized basis, then what happens is your estate will compound far quicker and give you a better foundation and security. And so, you know, we tell young people in financial planning, you know, plan early, compounding happens. Well, that's no different when we're shifting into retirement. If we can mitigate and minimize taxes and defer, we're automatically building a larger estate for our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so, it's very important because we are living so long into retirement that we build up that reserve value. So, I think one of the, you know, beautiful areas in specifically in tax is there are some particular ones that I always think are applicable to our family businesses. Because what happens in a family business is you build this asset, but you don't always necessarily have cash. The asset itself is the business. It's the business, so sure. Might, yeah. Could be a
1: construction help. company, could be a restaurant, could be any kind of business, right?
0: That's right. And you have this operating uh, flow every calendar year, but you don't necessarily have the true value. So let's say your business is worth $10 million. Well, it doesn't mean you have $10 million in cash. That's right. Means you could sell your business for $10 million. Right. So... One of the issues with that is if you're wanting to transfer that business into the generation below you, and if you're lucky enough, only fifteen percent of us are actually, to have family members involved. But if you are lucky enough to have that happen, what is the issue is you don't want to have to pay estate tax on that transfer because that could cripple a business. So if you know, if you owe, let's say, two point five million on that transfer, how are you gonna come up with that? And that's a problem. So We have to be proactive. And one of the beautiful techniques that we have in Canada is something called an estate freeze. And in English, it just means that you lock out the future growth of your estate from Canada revenue agency. And so let's say you did pick your estate value to be 10 million, but by the time you die, because we live so long, it's worth 20 million. Mm. You don't owe tax on 20 million. You only owe tax on 10. And they allow for this because they're hoping that family business will transfer generationally because obviously it's a huge part of our GDP and we need it to continue into the next generation. So this is a wonderful opportunity because at this moment, it's when the most of the businesses are going to be transferring from the elder generation to the baby boom. And so we need to be proactive in order to preserve those assets that people in Canada work so hard for. Nobody, generally speaking, in Canada has come by it. Um, by inheritance. For the most part, most of our wealth here in Canada is what I call new money. It was earned
1: hmm uh, And I'm looking at, at the website, MacMillanEstate.com, and we're going to talk about the, the upcoming seminar. And so I clicked on the upcoming uh, seminar button, and it talks about uh, all of the topics that you and your team will present during uh, one of these seminars. And one of the items is generational planning, Sherry. And you've just provided us, I suspect, with a very good example of what generational planning means within an estate package.
0: Absolutely. Um, This morning I was working with a family, as an example, Sterling, and the grandfather is leaving about $3 million to his grandchildren. And, you know, initially they thought what they'll do is leave it to their children and then transfer it from their children to their grandchildren. And when we did a tax calculation for this family, it was far more efficient for the family just to skip. Skip
1: a generation, eh?
0: Skip a generation and move it down. And the family that is the young, uh, the parent generation, they're financially sound, so it actually makes a lot of sense because they themselves would be transferring it, and so why would you pay an additional tier tax for no reason? So we do look at estate planning um, very much generationally because, you know, we can be double working as families because we're not talking to each other, so we frequently will have, you know, grandma and grandpa setting up um, accounts for education, let's say for the grandchildren, and then mom and dad are not in the same high income tax bracket yet and they're struggling and they're also trying to save for education. Well, if they were talking, we wouldn't have that duplication going on and we would have more efficiency with their wealth. And so we encourage all families to have dialogue. Um, um, it's not an easy topic but it's important
1: well let's uh, let's let, we'll learn more about uh, how to deal with these uh, well uh, edgy topics within our families and of course all of the tips will be presented in sequence no less at the next Mcmillan estate planning seminar which is coming up on Tuesday June 4th at seven o'clock again at the Vancouver Marriott Pinnacle downtown hotel Tuesday June 4th 7 p.m sherry Mcmillan and her team with another Mcmillan estate planning seminar. We'll tell you more about that and talk lots more tax planning and estate planning with Sherry McMillan after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined by Sherry McMillan, the CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, who's coming back to Vancouver for another estate planning seminar. This one will be at the usual spot because there have been several now, that usual spot being the Vancouver Marriott Pinnacle Downtown Hotel. The date for this one is Tuesday, the 4th of June. It's at 7 o'clock, the usual start time, at the Vancouver Marriott Pinnacle downtown. Now, if you're interested in these seminars, and Sherry and I are going to talk about the content of some of these, it would be helpful to Sherry and company if you went to their website and let them know you are coming. The web address is mcmillanestate.com. Again, Macmillan Estate, all one word, mcmillanestate.com. And then if you click on the button that says estate planning seminars, you've got the page I'm looking at now, which asks you for your name and so on, so they can expect you on Tuesday, uh, the June the 4th at downtown Vancouver Marriott Pinnacle Hotel for the next seminar. And it says, it also says, Sherry, here, because we talk about this, it uh, begins at 7 o'clock with the usual whiny, cheesy bits, and then you make your presentation, and then there's the fun part for participants, and I think probably for you, too, the question and answer segment that follows the formal presentation. Now, you do this literally all over the world. When you come to Vancouver... And you say, okay, that's it. Let's open up the floor to questions. What do Vancouver people ask you about more than, say, people from other parts of the world?
0: Well, the important thing, Sterling, is that they start with a decent glass of wine because I'm way more intelligent, you see, (laughs) when I start the presentation.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair ball.
0: So, um, of course, you know, what's interesting to me is because I do have the blessing of working in old world money in England, and also new money here in Canada. And there's a mixture in the United States where we work as well. Right. So they have both old and new money. You would think that it wouldn't be um, so uniform in the issues. But because we're human beings, it is uniform. So, you know, these are the things that we get asked about in every jurisdiction that we go into to speak. First one is always about health because that's you know, our real commodity. It is our commodity. We don't have life if we don't have health. Mm-hmm. And so there's always discussion on health and longevity because we it is a changing and moving target. And we are seeing a completely new demographic. They're in fact seeing in North America, more people are going to be over 65 than under ever before in history. Well, we don't even know how that's going to impact us yet. That's completely new information. So... Understanding how your estate can be protected for that long stretch ahead in your life, maybe three decades, maybe five. Some people will be more, uh, spend more time in retirement than they did in their whole working career. So this is a whole new venture for them. Mm-hmm. The next one I would say certainly is tax. And one of the things about tax is depending on where you live, your taxation uh, has a direct bearing on you. But what a lot of people don't Really understand is you might have taxation in many jurisdictions because if you have assets in other places, they're considered a separate estate. And this is becoming very common because we will go and buy our recreational property in another province or we'll go down south and buy a property. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden we have two or three estates. And then to make matters more complex, our children will go reside in different jurisdictions and how they inherit will change. And so this is a real question for all of us because we all live in some jurisdiction that has legislation both in tax and law and how are we impacted by it. And BC is specifically a little bit different because you must treat your children equally. And that's not true of other provinces. So here's one of the... Yeah, so one of the dilemmas is, let's say you had a son working in your family business, and your daughter has never worked in the business, and so you want to give him a higher ratio of that company. Well, technically, if we use a traditional will, we can't accomplish it. But we can if we use a trust. And so you can see you need a different tool because of the legislation in that particular area. And so. You know, I think we have to always consider where do I live, where are my assets, and where are my children residing, and then put the right plan together. Sometimes um, one of my favourite lawyers used to always say, sometimes the states are like, Pulling out the Monopoly game and a game of Scrabble and then throwing them all together if you have US property and Canadian property. And good luck to you. Oh, yeah. To figure out the two different jurisdictions and the rules and regulations. But they are different games. Literally, each country is a game. And so you have to figure out how holistically they all blend together so you get the outcome you're looking for.
1: So ideally, then, Sherry, you would form, you would construct a family trust wherever home base is here in Canada, let's say Vancouver. But your your family is mobile, and they have global addresses. So the family trust constructed in British Columbia could have global implications and you would you would set things up so they would be at maximum tax advantage in each of the jurisdictions. Suppose you bought a, a recreational property in Scottsdale and you owe taxes to Arizona for crying out loud. So that can be included and the ownership of that property, for example, can be structured within the trust to minimize tax implications regardless of where the postal code is.
0: That's exactly our tool, and it's a very effective tool because one more thing it does in our life planning is it privatizes our estate from lawsuits. And so you've just put a fence around your estate. Now, if you're going to live decades and decades into retirement, it's fundamentally important. And so I think all of us should be using this kind of work for our retirement planning and, you know, not for legacy planning per se that's the secondary benefit it creates sterling but the first benefit is it protects me in my lifetime and also if you're married what if you um pass on before your spouse yes. and your spouse enters a new relationship how how are they protected they're not and so they are if we've used a trust instead of a will but most people have you know always utilized a will in history that's our norm that's where we go
1: right but a, And a will, of course, is certainly part of the package. It, it's not something that's expendable, but it's in terms of the big picture, stepping back and and taking a look at the big picture, a will turns out to be a rather small part on, an important, but nonetheless, small-ish part of that very big picture, doesn't it?
0: That's right. It's only one little facet in the whole plan. And, you know, we do need it. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but however... Specifically, I would say in BC, you might be surprised to know that for the most part, because we want to avoid probate in BC when we transfer an estate from a husband to a wife or vice versa, we often don't use a will in BC. We use a special trust that was enacted about a decade ago. It is called a joint spousal trust. And if you're single, you can call it an alter ego trust. But basically, it's a retirement trust. And you can... Throw your entire estate into this trust on a tax-free rollover basis. Mm. And it acts like a will. So when you pass on, it automatically transfers the wealth to your spouse. Tax-free? And now, and tax-free. Well, okay. And the unique part is that's a natural prenup for the next relationship. Oh. So we call it the McMillan Dating Service. <laughs> 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 but in all reality, it's protecting each person's lifespan. And then in turn, what happens naturally is then that trust can become the children's trust when the last parent passes and they don't have to probate again. And the next generation is protected from their spouses. So you can use one tool in multiple ways if you're creative and you know i would pride ourselves on the fact that we've never ever built the same estate plan twice because we have to customize it to the players and the dynamics of the family sure, yeah. and where the assets are so you know i can have in one trust for example guidelines for a child with addiction that are totally different than the child that has been successful in their own right and owns a medical practiceing mm-hmm. so you know you can you can balance it to suit who the real people are so that you are giving them protection
1: Okay so uh in terms of the information the the methodology the 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 packaging that goes into all of this again I keep hammering this point Sherry because it really does need to be repeated frequently we flatter ourselves into thinking we know a fair bit about finances and money and all the rest of it but when push comes to shove you're the pro in this conversation when when push comes to shove the average canadian doesn't know very much about finance and money Honestly, so uh, and and it's as we've already identified, it's not the government's job to teach us that there are these. Tools to use your word available to any citizen. Uh, th- it's not their job to educate us. It's our job to learn about them and then find ways to take advantage of it. And I'm I'm just curious, Sherry, when you go to these seminars, as uh, as is the case coming up on June the fourth, and you talk about the universality of some of these post presentation question and answer segments, do a lot of people come up to you going, you know? I had no clue that half of what you just talked about actually exists.
0: Um, probably 90% of the time, truly, Sterling. And the reason is, there is a, an actual re- valid reason. If you think about the baby boom and the demographic of us aging, the elder generation weren't first at the helm to make wealth. They got by, and then the next generation has made wealth, and now the baby boom has wealth. So the demand for this kind of planning has grown That's the first thing to know. But the second thing is the financial field as a whole has been designed around financial planning, building an estate, building it. Right. Well, once you built it, what are you supposed to do next? And so there's this gap in the marketplace and people think, well, my financial planner should know how to do this or my accountant should know how to do this or my lawyer should know how to do this. No, they don't. That's not their training. Their training is financial planning, or their training is corporate law, or their training is filing tax returns. So what you need is a group, and I don't take uh, credit for my brains and expertise. I take credit that I hire good people that have brains and expertise that I borrow from. And you know we have to stay current, and we always say even in our office, we're about three years old in our careers at all times, because when we learn legislation, they go changing on us, and we have to relearn it. So this is a true area of expertise, just like a cardiologist is today. You know, progression in technology happens. They have to stay current. Oh, yeah. And we're not different. We have to stay current in all the provinces, in all the states, you know, in the varying countries. And so it is really difficult for anybody... Even our own team that work in this eight hours a day their entire career to stay current. Well, you know, and and so-
1: I'm sorry I to interrupt, but I, we nope. don't have all the time in the world left. And I, I just wanted to, to, to repeat what you've said because it's important. Part of the magic of Macmillan estate planning is that group of people that you have wisely assembled under one roof. You have lawyers, you have tax experts and chartered accountants and other experts in their field all available to you literally on the same floor a couple of doors down.
0: That's right. And we find that very beneficial to our clients because Generally speaking, we're all very busy, especially if we've become successful. Our time is our most precious commodity. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to help a family holistically on all fronts is very helpful to them. And they're not having to rinse and repeat their story to multiple professionals. So we always have a lead planner and a backup planner. And then those two planners know their family story and they go around on our team and make sure all the parts are put into play. And it makes it very efficient for the family. And that's our hope is that we, are, we call it freedom fighting, but really this is business and we want to get it behind us so we feel safe and secure and free. And then we have that peace of mind to just go play and live our lives. That's why we built our estates in the first place. Well, and so that's our hope, that uh, we provide that service to a- our families.
1: Absolutely. And, and I think the word that, one word that needs to be brought up again and again and again is protecting. Because if you spend your entire life, your entire career, your entire working lifespan building something up, and then it's time to go, well, cash in your chips and have some fun – well, that it better be protected because the Canada Revenue Agency, among a host of other sharks out there, will be happy to devour it, no problem at all. So, as you say, it's not enough to just have a plan to build wealth. It's about protecting and preserving and to the point where you can pass it along intergenerationally, correct?
0: That's right. So I always say if you have done good financial planning now you have an estate and now you've outgrown financial planning you now need estate
1: planning. All right and, and because that-
0: you've moved into a new position in life
1: All right, and that opportunity, the next opportunity for Vancouverites to have a face-to-face encounter with one Sherry McMillan and her team is coming up on Tuesday, June 4th at 7 o'clock at the Vancouver Marriott Pinnacle Downtown Hotel. There'll be the wine and cheesy stuff and then a fun question and answer segment after the presentation, and uh, they would very much appreciate it if you would let them know you're interested in showing up, and you can do that simply by popping over to the website, mcmillanestate.com. Again, that's MacMillanEstate.com and just click on the uh, Upcoming Seminars button and there's a little bit of information they'd like so they can reserve a seat for you and your guests. And Sherry, thanks for this. We're fresh out of time. Have fun at the seminar on the 4th of June and we'll talk again on Vancouver Consumer soon.
0: Thank you kindly, Sterling.
1: We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Sherry McMillan for another very helpful visit. Coming up after the news at the top of the hour is Josh Krennis of Alteri Insurance, who wants to talk about tenant packages and car insurance options, among many other topics. Time now, though, for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, wants you to know there's a new BC
2: Hydro email scam going on. Thanks, Sterling. BC Hydro says a new curveball is being thrown at its customers in the form of an email phishing scam. On Friday, the utility said it has received reports of messages that spoof a BC Hydro email address, directing recipients to click a link and submit their banking information in order to obtain a refund. BC Hydro is warning that thousands of these scam emails which look like a message from BC Hydro, have been sent out. Here's spokesperson Jeff Hastings.
1: Uh, yeah, well, the refund is the hook. I mean, everybody's interested in money, especially surprise money that you didn't know you had. That's the best kind of money for some people, isn't it? But uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's 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 opportunity. It's surprise opportunity. They're trying to get you to act quickly, to click the link, to submit your banking information, at which point uh, you don't get money. You, you lose money. You pay for the privilege.
2: BC Hydro doesn't collect credit or banking information by email. If customers are questioning the authenticity of an email from the company, they should call BC Hydro immediately at 1-800-BC-HYDRO or check their account on My Hydro. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's duly noted.
1: Important information, thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before the news. Shares of Transat AT Inc. spiked by almost 50% on Tuesday after Air Transat announced preliminary talks regarding the possible sale of that company. The Montreal-based company said before its annual meeting that it is in talks with more than one party regarding a potential transaction following expressions of interest it has received. Air Transat said it has formed a special committee of directors to evaluate the proposals. Uh, didn't name any potential bidders, but analysts say it could be the same groups that have expressed interest in buying Thomas Cook. Air Transat was founded 33 years ago by a group of businessmen, including current Quebec Premier François Legault, who left the company in 97 before making the leap into politics. Air Transat reminded its shareholders this is still very preliminary, but they are serious about a deal. Well, it's a big weekend at the PNE. Playland opens today for the the season, there are over 35 rides and attractions to enjoy, 14 of which offer an extreme experience for those who dare. No corkscrew this year; they're shutting it down and selling it. But other attractions include long-standing fan favorites: the elevator, of course, the wooden roller coaster, and the Beast. New this year, Playland's specific Adventure Mini Golf, also free with admission. Also, bonus opening today is Hastings Park. The Thoroughbreds are back with eight races today, including four $50,000 stakes races, plus a viewing of the Kentucky Derby as well. A full race card on top for tomorrow, too, at Hastings Park, and the weather should be just about perfect. That is our first hour of Vancouver Consumer Today, produced by Ben Dooley, Andrew Ferrera is at the controls josh krennis of altari insurance is standing by on deck your calls to mr krennis coming right up after global news to three right here on cknw
0: the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed
2: therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw